welcome everyone to the Blackstock Triangle and Arsenal podcast. I'm your host Alex and alongside me I've got Wissam and Nelly. Boys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and uh, welcome. Hey, Merry Christmas, good to be uh, good to be here. Yep, Merry Christmas to you both, we're back. <laughs> Absolutely, we are back and we are back after what some of the neutrals are saying was quite a interesting game. Um yeah, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Obviously, it was at Anfield. Um, we have a, a, at least in recent time, we've got a terrible record there. I mean, it's really one of our bogey grounds. Um, but what did you guys make of it? I, th- I thought, you know, although it was a draw once again, I actually felt like we, we probably performed slightly better. Well, it's not slightly. No, we, we performed much better than what we did last time we went, went out there and much more defensively solid, much more control. Um, we didn't have to have, you know, Aaron Ramsdale save us with some incredible saves. It, it seemed a bit more measured. But what did uh, what did you what did you guys make of it? Uh, we'll start with you, Hassan. Um Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I don't know. Gave me a heart attack, honestly, <laughs> watching that game. Um, it was it was a good game. There were you know some foibles, uh, I should say. Uh, However, you know, coming out and scoring immediate goal kind of set the pace. And we we looked good for that first 15 minutes. And then, you know, uh, it didn't look good for the rest of the half. But we, we got under control the second half and actually gave them a run for their money. We could have we could have won the game. We really could have won that game. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I think yeah, we could have won that game. We could have also lost that game. You know, it was one of those kind of. It was just felt like a bit. Exactly. You know, there were times when it was like that when when they were like four on one against Declan Rice. I was like, oh, that's it. I said we've we've, we've fluffed our lines here, and somehow, uh, yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold just you know didn't uh, didn't eat his dinner. Um, but uh, Nelly, what did what did you make of the game? It was a, I said, very good game for the uh, neutrals. It was a uh, probably. It was definitely a good result for Arsenal. I would have taken a draw before a ball was kicked. Very few teams get any points at all at Anfield right, in the last couple of years. So it, a, a draw is a good result. And particularly given that Liverpool are our title rivals, it's very good that they didn't get three points in a home game. So it's taken t- two points off Liverpool as much as it's... Uh, not two points for Arsenal. The draw is objectively a good result, especially if we can win the reverse fixture. And it means that we're you know, top of the league and overall fantastic game. Like you said, the Trent miss, the potential Odegaard handball, there's lots of things that could have gone very differently. Could have lost 3-1, but we also could have won. And it's uh, it was one of those games. one all's probably a fair result on balance. Yeah, I think before the Man United game, where that went, when Man U obviously went there and drew nil nil, I think Liverpool had a one hundred percent win. I think they'd won all their games at home, didn't they? Or or they it was something along those lines. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, their, their record at Anfield, particularly this season, has been phenomenal. Um, and they've only kind of fluffed their lines against United last weekend and now against us. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're one hundred percent right. I think if you were to ask most Arsenal fans before the the game had kicked off said, would you take a draw? I think a lot of them would have said, yeah, give me a draw. Let's just get out of here because ultimately, you know, it is a tough place to play. We've seen a lot of teams go to Anfield and get 
absolutely smashed, you know. <laughs> but um, I think as well for me, I'm looking at our season, obviously in particular, and I'm looking at how we've, in my opinion, we've already gone to probably the three toughest away grounds that you could go to, Anfield, St. James's Park, and Villa Park. Um, and the reason why I put, I put Villa in there this season is because just they're performing unreal at the moment, just on another level, especially at Villa Park. Their away record is shocking. Well, it's not shocking. It's not good. Um, but, you know, when you go to Villa Park, it's definitely a grind. So, you know, looking at the fact that this first half of the season, we have arguably gone to the three toughest grounds and we've managed to get, well, we managed to just get them out of the way. We didn't get much of a result, but we, the, they're out of the way and we're still top of the league. I think that actually bodes well for us uh, in the long run. Um, going back, I guess, to the Liverpool game, that was we scored a goal again from a set piece. That's our 11th for the season. I think if I'm remembering correctly, that's we're actually top um, in terms of teams that have scored from set pieces this season. Uh, it seems to be a... a, a Almost like a, a ploy, I think. You know, when we signed Kai Havertz, got a bit more height. You know, you got Declan Rice, and then obviously when you add Gabriel Saliba, etc., um, does seem to be like a bit of a tactic. But what did you guys, in terms of, I guess, breaking down uh, the game over two halves? What did you guys make of, I guess, the first half in particular, when, when once we scored, um, and what we did in that sort of first half, or even the first twenty-five minutes, half an hour? Go to uh, oh, we've got Nelly. We've got Nelly for that one. <clears throat> so the it was a kind of game of four quarters, really, wasn't it? The first half of the first half, Arsenal. Maybe not quite halfway to half time. Arsenal clearly the better team. It was like last season. Last season we used to try and score lots of goals very early. We hadn't <clears throat> scored any goals in the first fifteen minutes of a game until uh, the last game against Liverpool this season and we came out of the blocks really fast and scored a goal very early and then we re- Arsenal really did seem to flag didn't look they, like they had the intensity they had at the beginning of the game didn't look like they had the intensity to match Liverpool and Liverpool were clearly better in the second half of the first half and then the second half was all ebbed and flowed several times it could have gone either way multiple times it was a <clears throat> a very dramatic game. I think Arsenal do do score a lot of goals from set pieces. A very good goal. Um, it was definitely onside when it was checked by the VAR. It wasn't onside by much, but it was on. And if that's what it takes to you know get a, a point at Anfield, then that'll do. That'll get us a lot. We can get a lot of points this season scoring goals like that. Wassam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I think um, I think scoring that goal. Well, obviously, it's important to score score goals. However, just to score immediately kind of set the tone with the crowd as well. You know, um, they weren't as lively that first uh, 25 minutes. So we actually were decent. You know, um, we kind of silenced them. And then, yeah, we kind of, kind of fumbled it a little bit. Uh, the second half, yeah, as Nelly was saying, it was back and forth. Definitely major chances on Liverpool's side to score and win the game. But we also had several passes in the box, like six-yard boxes. Somebody could have just tapped it in. We could have gone up as well. It was an exciting game. You know, it's one of those games I wish it wasn't an Arsenal fan sometimes because it's just hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. Um, however, it was exciting. It really was. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, you know, and like Nelly said, for the neutral, they would have loved that, um, especially because, you know, obviously both teams drop points. But be that as it may, I think what I would love to talk about, I think, is both centre-back pairings, not only ours, but I think also Liverpool's, because I think it really was a game of quality defending. I thought, you know, Saliba and Gabriel, um, Kanate and Van Dijk, you know, I really think that was a game where you look at the defending and you think, that probably earned each team the draws that they got, essentially, you know. I think some of the finishing from both teams was questionable. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that, particularly uh, Martinelli a bit later. But um, let's talk, obviously, let's just talk about, but well, let's probably focus on our centre-back pairing, um, Gabriel and Saliba. I thought they both had tremendous games. I thought, um, for the most part, obviously, bar the goal, um, I thought tactically it seemed as though Gabriel would sort of move out to the left to try and cover for Sinchenko a little bit against Mo Salah. We know the quality of Mo Salah. He's a fantastic player. So it almost seemed like he would push out a little bit just to cover for Zinchenko in, in certain moments where he, he he would read the game and you could see where, you know if Trent was on the ball. Trent It was very clear Trent was looking for Salah over the top balls, just over the top, over the top. And it, it was like Gabriel, for some parts, was reading that and he was sort of pushing out to try and, you know, keep Salah or, or be in the peripherals of Salah so that it made it just a little bit more difficult. But, you know, just uh, what did – I mean, in terms of, I guess, our defending, um, although the goal you could question, you know, it might have been slightly poor defending on Zinchenko's part and you know is he the weak link or is it being blown out of proportion I guess to a certain degree but what did you make of our defending throughout that game um with Sam um between the center back pair Saliba and Gabriel was perfect and Rice as well and Riot did well as well he was um you know when you just don't talk about a keeper that means he did really well yeah between those four it, it held us down and it was night and day whenever Gabriel was taking on Salam versus Zincheco you can see that he shut him down. He's like, yeah, go and take it on your left foot. It's fine. I'm still going to, you know, I'm going to take a ball from you. I'm going to block it. I'm going to do something. Where with Sanchenko, he didn't seem very interested in defending sometimes, which worried me. It's one of those, it really is one of those games where you wish you had a Tomiyasu or a Timber um, at that position, like how much stronger we would have been against that. And uh, as you mentioned, Trent was looking for it all day. He was just diagonal ball after diagonal ball just straight to the solid's lap uh he was incredible i mean i can't lie trent was incredible that game and i know arteta does see that and i I guess he doesn't trust kibior enough to put him on uh at least yet because maybe he's a center back not a left back however you, you gotta look at that game and see that zinchenko did not show up to defend uh, it was it was pretty poor by him, and he didn't really offer much in attack either. So there wasn't really that reason for having him out there, um, you know. In comparison, uh, that's it, that's all I have to say about Zinchenko. I don't want to hate the man. I know it's tough. It's it's a really tough picture. However, that between the back line, yeah, he was definitely the soft spot. Okay, um, Delhi, do you have do you have any comments regarding? Uh, the defence and Zinchenko? So, I mean, overall, Arsenal defend well, have done all season. 
and did in general in that last game. It I don't if we'd had everybody fit, I don't think Arteta would have started Zinchenko against Liverpool. He'd start Zinchenko maybe against, you know, teams like Burnley, Brentford, the kind of teams that we'd expect to dominate possession and you need that bit of flair from a defender to try and open them up. We've also seen Arteta try and play like Partey at right back for a similar reason. If Timber was fit, I'm sure he would have played that game and not Zinchenko. I don't think that's the game he was for. And he was the, the weaker link in in our defence. And it's problematic when he's against one of the most dangerous attacking players in the world in Mo Salah. And he did get exposed and it was multiple times he got exposed. We only conceded once from it. <clears throat> and it is it is what happened. It's with injuries. Maybe Kivio would have been the better choice. We we don't know. Uh, Zinchenko did look like he was trying very hard sometimes defensively and then not offering anything in attack and then not defending well enough anyway. He was very difficult when you're against Mo Salah, though. Lots of very good players get made to look very ordinary when they're against... Mo Salah. I, I think Arsenal have the best defence in the league. Right? Uh, Arsenal statistically have one of the best defences. We don't concede bad goals very often. And it's only, you know, Mo Salah, as I said, has made many very good defenders look very ordinary. That he managed to do that to Zinchenko is no shame. Yeah, um, yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. I think. I think Zinchenko is good when we're coming up against a low block. You know, if you are going, if you're coming up against a team that's gonna just have ten men behind the ball, and you need that little bit of extra creativity to try and break down, you know, break the line, break down the lines, and and ultimately just be able to, because you know you're going to have most of the ball anyway. Um, you can afford to have someone like Zinchenko invert into midfield because ultimately, you know, the, the risk is probably a little bit more. A lot less than having than being up against someone like Mo Salah, you know that's obviously a very high risk because you give most someone like Mo Salah even you know a fraction of a chance he's going to take it, and that's what we saw really. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with both of you. I think either Timber or Tomiyasu starts that game. Why Kivior wasn't picked, I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's because he is a centre back. Maybe it's because we are, I guess, a little bit light at centre back, particularly left-sided centre-back. I mean, if something did happen to Gabriel, obviously Kivio would have to come in straight away. And even if something happened to Saliba, you know, he, he'd probably have to come in as, as well or have to, they'd have to work something out, sort of make do something a bit more makeshift. Um, maybe that's the reason. I'm not sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I could, can't really answer that. Why Arteta's gone with Zinchenko there, but yeah. I got a question. Yeah, go would, yeah. would Tierney start? No, I don't think he would. Um, and listen, this is no. And look, I don't. I'm not trying to bash Tierney. I think he's a very good player, um, but he just. I know. I just. I could. Arteta is not going to play him because he won't be able to give what he wants. Into and I'm not just talking from from a defensive standpoint. I, I look, even though obviously Zinchenko inverts in a lot, plays in the midfield, and passes the ball around. And granted, yes, in a game. In a game like Liverpool, you probably don't want a player to do that as much. But I think even with someone like Tomiyasu, um, obviously we probably haven't seen enough of Timber, but someone like Tomiyasu, if he's playing at left-back, 
you know defensively he's going to be very strong, but you also know his passing ability because he's two-footed is going to give you just a little bit of an extra edge in that position. So even if, and we have seen this in, in previous games when Tomiyasu has been fit, Tomiyasu does, did he, he did invert, although it was at right back because he was playing at right back instead of Ben White, we saw that he, you know he would invert into midfield um, and sort of link up with Odegaard, Saka, Declan Rice, Saliba, and sort of be a little bit, you know, a bit more midfield. But the difference is, is that Tomiyasu defensively, not only does he have, not only does he have the pace to get back, which Zinchenko doesn't, but he has, you know, just a, a, probably a, a greater uh, defensive uh, IQ, if that makes sense. Not not that Zinchenko is a, a dumb player, but just defensively, his IQ, he's able to probably read the game where he can see, okay, they're trying to do this. I'm going to maybe come half a yard back or do something along the lines where either cut the pass off, like he'll either run and cut the pass off or he'll, he's a lot more stronger. Tomiyasu obviously is a bigger player. He might say, okay, fine, you want to try and go over the top? I'm going to just be up against Mo Salah and, okay, fine, I'll, either I'll run with him because Tomiyasu does have that kind of pace and if you wants to try and duel me, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the, the Amazon Prime documentary, losing jewels, 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 jewels. That's what Arteta just, you know, almost brainwashes his team and his players to think. Tommy Ash is going to say, okay, well, I'll just try and win the duel then, you know, and that these, these are the little things, I guess, that Zinchenko lacks. Or, or, or look, this is my opinion, obviously, but I don't know. What do you guys, I mean, Nelly, what would, what would you say in terms of that instance? Well, it's an interesting one. I think, well, some asked with Tierney, we'd play Tierney if he's available. May, maybe. But I think Arteta probably would have still cited Sinchenko, uh, as Alex said. And maybe Tomoyasu would have been a better choice if he were fit. But I, I do agree with Alex that Arteta didn't seem to really uh, rate Tierney. Didn't seem to play him that much, even when he was fit. And I think he would have... Zinchenko still would have started even if uh, Tierney had been available for selection for Arsenal, which is obviously not anymore. So I, I'd still say I, I, I kind of like Tierney personally, but Arteta didn't seem to. I don't think he would have started him. And I'm I'm not sure Tierney would have been able to handle Mo Salah. I don't think he is actually quite that good. He's a generally all-round good defender, but uh, Mo Salah can cut through players like that. I think Tierney could have been just as exposed as Sinchenko was against Salah. Yeah, look, just, I mean, look, I guess to try and be a little bit clearer, um, I just think in what, in terms of what Tierney offers, it, it's not enough for Arteta, to, to merit Arteta selecting him, at least in Arteta's mind. Arteta is not, is going to say, I would rather, and I think Arteta probably look, would look at it and say, I would rather have Zinchenko's creativity in midfield and risk potentially losing a game or being scored against um, and, and having, you know, a back three, I guess, of Gabriel, Saliba, and whoever the right back is, whether it's Ben White or whoever, than picking someone like Tierney who's just not going to offer me what I need in the style of play that I want my team to have. That's what I. Th that's just what I think. And, and and to be fair, I think that's what we kind of saw at the end of last season. To be fair, um, which is why Tierney is no longer at the club, or he's out on loan at least for the time being. Um, I've, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about him being recalled, maybe. Which, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think 
that's the answer, uh, in my opinion. Um, not to mention, I think, obviously, Tommy Asu will be back, I think, early Jan anyway. And if anything, he'd probably end up playing at left back once he's fully fit. But even I – mean, I mentioned this to you guys in the in the group chat, or at least to you with some, regarding Timber. I think the whole reason we signed Timber was to basically replace Sinchenko. It's just been really unfortunate that literally the first – We've, like the first game of the season, he gets injured, you know, and it's a long-term injury. It's just, it's just really unfortunate. Yeah, like, I don't really know. I don't think the club will go out and sign someone purely because they did that in the summer. They spent, what was it, £35 million or something to get Timber in, and it's just been really unlucky that he's gotten this really bad injury that he's now having to recover, and we've sort of had to, you know, work around it a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, yeah, it's been unfortunate. And one thing to consider, whether or not we'll recall Tony remains to be seen. One thing to consider about Tomiyasu is the um, Asian Cup. I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, yeah, occurs yeah. in the later half of this season. So uh, yeah. if fit, Tomiyasu will be selected for Japan. If Japan go deep in that tournament, he, Tomiyasu will miss eight games. Ooh, so uh, isn't, it could... Um, it could be worth considering. According to, it depends on Timber's fitness. Yeah, well, I don't think Timber's going to be fit until probably March, and even then, will they rush him back? Probably not, because you know it was obviously. I think it was an ACL, was it? If I remember, yeah, correctly. it was ACL. Yeah, was, so yeah. they're not going to they're not going to push him back. You know, even if it really, I think it, honestly, I think it might even depend on where we are in the league. If we're top of the league with you know five games to go, they might say, "Listen, you're coming in. Like we're going to risk it." <laughs> you know, because we want to try and win. But, you know, oh yeah, I, we have seen, obviously, Arteta and his staff, they don't rush players back. Even if they're fit, they don't rush them back. They just say, okay, look, you know, keep training and, and we'll see how, you, you know, how you go and we'll put you in the team when we can, give you some minutes, you know, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, and then if somebody else gets injured, then they might start. Um, but, you know, also as well, and obviously, we've got the, the AFCON as well to consider for someone like Thomas Partey. But if he comes back fit, um, he he can, I guess, play at right back. I'm not saying that's ideal because I don't think it is. But if we really are in a sticky situation, he could potentially play at right back. And maybe, maybe you could play, I don't know, Ben White at left back. I, although I don't think that's probably a good idea. But look, I don't look. Or, or maybe you know Ben White plays at centre back, and then you move everyone across. And then you got Kivior or something. I don't know. It's you know, I guess there are some options, but if Partey comes back, I would, I would hope that uh, maybe he goes in the midfield. Take, yeah, he goes in the midfield. You <laughs> yeah. take right. You take Rice uh, and and you take Havertz off. You place Rice there, and then Rice can actually back up the LB. You know, in those, yeah, that's the situation. Yeah. And look, maybe that's something that I man. Look, that's probably part of the reason why Teto bought Declan Rice was because he was like, listen, this guy can play, you know, as a defensive midfielder, but he can also play centre back. So he gives you that option. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, hopefully we're not in that position. Fingers crossed, we're not in the position where we've got to start <laughs> playing arguably our best midfielder in sad mm-hmm. centre back. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, yeah, fingers crossed. Touch wood. <laughs> Um, okay, look, um, let's talk, let's talk about the attack because I think, uh, you know, I, for probably the past few games, I've been kind of looking at our attack and we've just been a little bit poor. Uh, I don't really know what to say. Like, it's just, there have been, 
it's almost like the they're not quite connecting. You know, they're on different wavelengths. Um, and I think, but specifically for me, at least from what I've seen, I'm looking at Martinelli in particular, and I just feel like his decision making in the final third hasn't probably been up to the standard of what it used to be last season. But even as well last season, it probably wasn't perfect either. But uh, I guess um, I'll pass it to you, Nelly. What, what you know? What do you think of Ma- of Martinelli this season so far? And do you think that is he has he taken that next step like someone like Saka? I mean, you look at Saka, right? Saka's got nineteen goals and assists in all competitions this season already. Um, you wouldn't think it because it doesn't feel like it. But that's you know, he's now he's he's basically almost. What did he get last season? He got, I think, 30 or almost 30 or 31 or something like that, goals and assists. So, you know, we're not even halfway through the season yet, and he's already almost at 20. Um, so even though – and even though he's getting doubled up, triple team, double team, all this kind of stuff, he's still producing. He's even producing more. So it feels like he's gone to that next level even though, he's, you know, it's harder for him. Whilst with Martinelli, I'm not kind of feeling that. But what do you make of it, make of it Nelly? I mean – Martinelli hasn't been as effective this season as he was last season, certainly. I doubt, I'm not sure he's been fully fit a lot of the time. We've seen him get quite go down, you know, injured, holding his ankle several times in lots of matches. He gets kicked a lot. So I don't know if he's uh, only playing at 99% fitness. But he certainly hasn't been as effective as he was last season. He made poor decisions uh, several times this season. He's not scored many goals. I believe he's only got three goals in all competitions, Martinelli, so far this season. His goal scoring is certainly um, on the wane at the moment. He's a very young player. <clears throat> we hope he <clears throat> hope he can kind of find another burst of form and get better. But you're right, Saka has bit is better than he was last season, and. Martinelli doesn't seem to be quite as good as he was last season. And you always hope with players, they're roughly the same age, Saka and Martinelli, you always hope with players their age that they will get better each season for several seasons in a row. And it, it's a shame that he had, Martinelli isn't doing quite as well this season, you're certainly right. Um, Jesus and Nketiah, neither of them have been perfect either. Saka can't fault. And even though uh, maybe not quite as got stats not quite as good as they were this time last season. Odegaard has also been consistently brilliant, but the if Arsenal are going to look to <clears throat> change anything up, it's going it's not going to be Odegaard or Saka. It will be one of the other positions. Yeah, um, I just I guess something else I wanted to add is that when you look at Martinelli's overall goals and assists last season, I think he got twenty goals. And I think it was four assists, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I was—I remember thinking to myself, he really needs to improve on just being able to look up. He makes fantastic direct driving runs. You know, like that's one of his, that's his bread and butter. But the one thing that he doesn't seem to want to do, or at least he's hesitant, and maybe it's because maybe he feels like he doesn't have the skill set or something, I'm not sure. But there are just times when I, I kind of wish he would just look up and find the pass because there are times when he's in a great position and if he did look up and he passed the ball, there'd either be someone like a Jesus or a Havertz or a Saka who would be, who, you know, is in a very good position to score. Now I'm not saying that there are times where there are times when he does do it 
and we don't score. And look, and that's you know, it's great that he is doing that. Um, but it was something that I did see last season. I'm kind of seeing it again this season. Uh, and it's just that, that I guess, that decision-making where there are times where I think just look up and you could potentially find a pass and get an assist here. Um, but, Bassan, what do you make of Martinelli's performance so far this season? I agree. He um, He's not doing too well right now with his decision-making. I'm wondering if he just doesn't trust the left side of the field as much. Um, maybe he doesn't trust Havertz or Zinchenko to uh, develop the ball. Or uh, if, he, if he is greedy and he just wants to score, I, I wonder which one that is. Because he's definitely talented. You can see the pace that he has. He's explosive. However, he does take too many touches, and he's uh, unable to, you know, relinquish the pass and, and just get rid of it before he gets, you know, closed down uh, or missed dribbles. And I wonder if he's trying to do it all himself or if he's just bad at decision-making. Like, uh, does he not trust Havertzton or does he not trust Janchenko to develop it or switch the ball and, you know, create? I, I, I wonder what it is. He did have a couple decent crosses in last game and uh like it could have been a tap-in uh, i mentioned that before however most of the time he was just shut down by kanate and he would just miss dribble and then it'd be like a throw-in or something to liverpool which is frustrating and uh i think arteta saw that and he brought in uh Trissard, and Trissard was doing the same thing i don't know if you guys noticed that but he was uh, just taking way too many touches on that left side so maybe it was just that 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 day and that side of the pitch. However, if you do look at his past games, yeah, he's not doing too well in terms of his decision-making, in terms of being a team player and whatnot. Yeah, I look, I just hope that... Um, I look, I, I, not, not that... I, he's, I, still think, I still think he's one of the best wingers in, in the Premier League. It's just that there are just some things I wish... I, I, I was hoping he would improve on. I'm just not quite sure if he is or if he's getting there yet. But hopefully, with a little bit more time, he you know he gets to that point. Um, would you would you drop him for a little uh, bit? Would you put Chassard in first, or maybe like you know, the, a, the, a Nelson? You know, see, the thing is, I don't. Trossard is a very good player, but he's not the same kind of player. And there is something about Martinelli's directness with his runs that I think is a real huge asset to the team. The only problem is, is that when he's got, when he gets, you know, when he's direct and he manages to get past his man, it's just his end product isn't just quite there. You know, he just needs a couple of things that are just missing. I don't know whether it's confidence. I don't know whether it's just whether he's carrying an injury, like Nelly's mentioned, um, or whether he doesn't trust, whatever it is. But I just don't think, I don't think Trostad can give us what Nelly, uh, what uh, Martinelli does, and. I, look, I think Trossard's great. Trossard you know, is great with both feet. You know, he's unbelievable. But for me, I think Trossard is probably more suited to either that number 10 or potentially even that striker position. Now, I guess the only problem is that he doesn't have the strength of someone like Gabriel Jesus. You know, and Jesus is able to hold up, even though Jesus is only like, you know, six foot or barely, uh, he's able to hold up the ball. He's got a lot of strength. Um, I think that's maybe one thing that Trossard doesn't have. I'm just not sure if Trossard... Look, if it was up to me, I'd probably sign someone in January. But then again, who are you going to get? You know, there's really January. The January transfer window is a really hard transfer window to sign players that you actually that you actually want. And I, and I don't want us to 
just sign someone for the sake of signing someone because I don't feel like we're in that position anymore. I feel as though we're at that point where we have to make very strategic signings that are going to take us up a level to be able to win Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues because we have a good we have good players. You know, there's no no question that we have a good team or a good fifteen, good sixteen, good seventeen group of players. But it's now I think for me. We have to be very smart in who we sign next in terms of striker or winger or, you know, someone that's going to elevate us. Like you look at Declan Rice, you know, he's come in and just completely transformed us in terms of our, in our midfield. And this is without Thomas Partey, who last season when we were, we, we honestly, when we lost Thomas Partey, it was like, that's it, forget it. And we got someone like Declan Rice who's come in and taken us to another level where someone as good as Thomas Partey is not even missed. Um, and that's for me. That for me is where we're at. We're at that point now where we need to be signing players that are next level kind of players. So, yeah, it's just you know, what do we do? It's 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 such a hard decision. I don't think we should drop Martinelli because I feel like we do. We're going to rely on him because I just don't think we're going to be able to get someone in in January that's going to be that oh, level raiser. That. I didn't mean sell him. I was thinking like maybe a game. No, no, no. Listen, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying sell Martinelli at all. I'm not saying that at all. But I think that in order for us to drop him, as you mentioned, there needs to we need, need to be able to bring bring in someone who has a similar skill set to Martinelli, but has a greater has greater ability in terms of assisting and I guess vision of passing. Um, and I don't think Trossard brings that. Trossard isn't quick enough, doesn't have that pace where he's able to get in behind, um, and I don't think he has necessarily, you know, he, look, he does have the passing ability. He does have the, you know, he's probably able to pick out a pass, but I guess it's the it's him on the ball being able to get past a man that I think is probably the issue. If we could somehow merge Martinelli and Trossard into one player, that is <laughs> that that would be the ideal because yeah. then you'd have an absolute world-class player on your hand. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not going to happen. So that that that's just, I guess, my thought process. That do we drop him? I think that might ruin his confidence. Maybe I don't know. And then we're not going to be able to sign someone in January that's going to be able to compete with him. So therefore, it's going to affect us for the rest of the, the second half of the season. And then we're going to be even more screwed. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like it's really it's a hard decision. Like what you know, we could re- if we drop him, it could really stab us in the foot. So it's yeah, it's just a tough one. That's all. Um, yeah. Could be Ugh. potentially rotate the squad a bit, give him a game or two off if he is carrying absolutely. a slight knock. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe that might be the case. But the only problem is then, I guess, uh, if we do do that um, and then he comes back and he's not still hitting those heights, then we're really in a bit of a pickle going into, I guess, the second half of the season. And because we are top of the league, you know, you want to kind of keep the momentum going, even if you're just, even if you are, even if you've sort of wrung that sponge to the point where there's literally no water coming out of it, you sort of just like, okay, just keep going. Just keep pushing. Hopefully hopefully you find form. Hopefully he gets a goal and then his confidence gets better. I mean, look at Kai Havertz, you know? He got that goal. All of a sudden now it's like, okay, cool. It's clicked. Um, and that's, I guess, what you're kind of hoping for. You know, it's I, funny. I, I, I would have forgave him for all his decision making if he scored a goal. <laughs> well, all that's and that's it. <laughs> and and you, and you, but and, you know, and and he's, and he's as a player, he's probably feeling that. He's probably sitting there thinking, "Oh, I can feel the pressure here." You know, mm-hmm. it's getting a, it's a bit hard. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard question. Do we drop him? That's a good question. With some, I don't know. It's that's a risk, but maybe we do, and we just hope hope that he comes good. 
Maybe um, for like Burnley or something, you know? Or like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure West Ham at home, which is our next game, is the right one. But, no, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, and, but then again, you know, we've got some tough games. Uh, every game is tough in the Premier League. It's just a tough league. Um, I don't, yeah, it's we, tough when you're at the top and everyone ups their game. Depending on That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, you know, when you have uh, play, teams playing a low block, you know, someone like Martinelli with his his dribbling and his ability to get past his man, it's it's good because, you know, if you can if you can get past one or two men, he takes them out of the game, all of a sudden opens the game up a little bit. And, uh, look, it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough one. It's really tough. I mean, I do kind of feel for him because if he is, uh, you know, he got injured earlier in the season and he just hasn't quite looked right. So maybe you're right, Nelly, maybe it is somebody's got a niggle and he's just trying to play through it because he's probably thinking, you know, my team needs me. You know, maybe that's his mentality. Maybe his mentality is like, I got to play. I have to play because I'm one of the good ones, and I need to make sure that I'm playing every game, so I can try and drag us over the line. Who, who knows? Um, but look, let's look. You know what? Let's talk about. I had some other couple of talking points here. I did you know, talk to you guys about how we are top of the league at Christmas. Um, obviously, our points tally isn't as good as what it was last season after the same amount of games, but. I, as I mentioned, I feel like we're in a better position because we've gone to some of the really tough away places. But what do you guys think? Uh, I'll go to you, Nelly. What do you think in terms of where we are at this point? Obviously, we're at top of the league, but what do you think? I think uh, it's not quite as good as last season uh, because we were several points clear last season, this time last season. Uh, well, maybe not after the same number of games played, but on the same date, Arsenal were definitely quite a long way clear um, with the World Cup changing the season schedule a bit but it's a different season this one last season there were only two teams by this point in the year that had any realistic chance of winning the league and there are four teams this year so that means that the pack is you know tighter together it's more important to be at the front and city aren't quite the team they were last season that our, our main threat now seems to be liverpool who are going to lose their best player for a while in due to the African Cup of Nations. So I, I think I think this is a we've got a good chance to win the league from this from this position. It's as good as it was this I say as good as last last Christmas. If not better or worse. I'll go with as good. Yeah well actually I, I did read somewhere that we are one point behind in terms of in terms of points we're one point behind Based on the equivalent fixtures of last season, um, so if we had drawn, I don't know, Aston Villa or something, we'd be equal on points as we were last season for for the equivalent fixtures. But we have um, been Man City. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. So you look. They're, they're, obviously, there are games. I mean, we dropped points against Newcastle away, which we won last season. We dropped points against Aston Villa away, which we won last season. But then, obviously, we've beaten Man City at home, which we lost last season we've beaten Everton away which we lost last season you know so there were obviously you know we've picked up points in other fixtures that we lost points in last season and we've done the opposite of some other fixtures um so but that's and and I guess that's where I was kind of thinking we're like okay we're one point worse off in terms of equivalent fixtures right last season so we're not too bad but like like you mentioned as, as you mentioned Ellie we are obviously it's a much tighter pack. I mean, you can see that. You look at the top five teams. It is, it's so tight. It's ridiculously tight. If one team drops points, they drop out of the top four. Like, it's its crazy. Um, 
Well, Sam, yeah, what, what do you make of it? Obviously, where we are right now, we're top of the league at Christmas. Um, there have been a lot of cases uh, in the Premier League history where if you're top at Christmas, you can go on more. Well, there's a high percentage chance that you're going to go on to win the league. But how do you feel? I think it's been a rougher year for our team this, this year due to teams showing up and knowing how to play against us, doing the low block and whatnot. I think it's been much harder to actually get to the point that we're in. And because of that, I think we should be very proud of, of our standing at Christmas time. Last year, we were explosive. We shocked people. We they didn't know how to handle us. This year, everyone has planned for us. Everyone knows what we're trying to do. And yet we, we're still top of the league. So I'm, I'm actually very happy for where we are right now, despite us not playing um, as, as wonderful soccer, as quote-unquote, as we did last year. I think if we can keep this kind of attitude going, uh, you know, just every game is is going to be is they're going to show up to us. They're gonna they're gonna try and you know keep us from the title. However, if we can just keep inching towards that goal, I think we can do it. I think we can do it this year. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think you're right. I think we can definitely do it. We just got to, yeah, just. If, if we're there or thereabouts with, I don't know, uh, eight to ten games to go, then we've got a very good chance, I think, in my opinion. Um, okay, let's let's talk about something else just quickly. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've got the January transfer window coming up in a few – not long now, it's a few days away. Um, do you think we need to make signings in January? And if so, who would you like to see us bring in if you, if you have a name? Uh, Wissam, we'll, we'll start with you. What do you, who, what do you reckon? Uh, I mean, it's so tough, isn't it? Because it's hard to know if we'll have Partey and Timber and Taniyasu. We yeah, have, a lot of variables. A lot of variables. We have, um, uh, I always think we could use a better attacker, someone that's going to just, you know, just a proper striker. I mean, that's one thing Man City has, and and because of that, they have so much success. Uh, however, I just don't know. I, I keep going around about what we need do we need another like um left uh left mid do we need another left back do we need do we need another striker i i actually don't know <laughs> i really don't know what we need um if, if uh, i guess we would uh, maybe just a better bench somehow so if i had to maybe get rid of Enkedia to bring on tony i would if um uh, I, I don't want to get rid of esr but I definitely don't want to do that, but I, I, I think there are other like players we, we should be getting rid of before yeah, the ESR, in yeah, my opinion. For sure, for sure. I, Cedric I Suarez has got to go, man. Oh, I don't know Cedric. how this guy. <laughs> this, yeah, no, you're right. this guy has been stealing a living off us for the past like three years. How on earth is he still on our books? I, I mean, no, we were talking about the different defensive formations early in the <laughs> None of us ever mentioned Cedric yeah. Suarez. Did Absolutely, you? yeah. No. And why would you? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like uh, a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have like yeah. Jorginho. Uh, can he take us if Rice is, you know, injured? Um, knock on wood. Like, uh, I just want to sure up our bench just so we can have we can trust them to take us over the line. And I just I don't know. Maybe like Onana would would help uh, from Everton, not the goalkeeper, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't know. There's so many variables. You're so right. It's really I I wouldn't want to be in Edu's or Arteta's like seat right now thinking about what I need for the next. Four or five months. That's it's maddening. 
Yeah, there's a lot of talk about us potentially signing Tony. Um, Nelly, what do, what what do you make of that? Do you think do you think that's you know should, is that a good signing? Do you think we should go for him? Mm, no, to put it bluntly, I think Ivan Tony's an okay goal scorer. I don't. I'm not convinced he's better than Enketia, not significantly. Um, and he's not played obviously for you know several months. Arteta takes you know discipline stuff very seriously in his squads, and I don't think he's going to suffer the nonsense that Ivan Tony's got himself banned for. And he's not. There's only so fit you can be from just training. Like he's not going to be match fit, is he? Until for several weeks after. And we're trying to win the league now. We can't be, you know, rehabilitating a suspended striker in the middle yeah. of the season. If I were to go for one name, we should sign. This is ambitious, but he's not been doing that well at Barcelona. And that would be Robert Lewandowski. That would win us the league. Lewandowski? Oh yeah. man! Oh man! I would. That'd love be that. my. That would be my would one love to that. go for. Yeah, yeah. that would win yeah. us the league. <laughs> He's not oh, been doing maybe. that well at Barcelona. No, maybe no, they no, want to no. cut their bait and maybe. cut their losses. Man. What, what if you know? What if we can get Harry Kane on loan? What do you, what do you reckon? Oh, I'd like that as well. That would that would also <laughs> that would also make me that smile. That would be so funny. Oh man, the oh, that would be absolute. That would be like a Sol Campbell moment two point Oh, that'd be so that, funny. That I don't think will happen though because he's been playing well for Bayern Munich. They won't let him go. Lewandowski hasn't been doing that well at Barca, so that would be my. What if, what if yeah. someone like I guess I don't know like a Rafinha came came available at Barca, you know, who could be a potential backup to someone like Saka or even potentially play on the left? You know, obviously when he played at Leeds, he was really good. Um, you know, if he came up, or even I don't know, obviously like someone like Vinicius Junior would they'd never sell. Real Madrid would never sell someone like that. But um, yeah, what about someone like Rafinha? I know we've gone try to go from in the past. He said no, but you know if if the chips fell where they may. Do you, would you guys take him? Yes. Yeah, I, would so, I would definitely take him. I don't think that's much <laughs> less ambitious than my Lewandowski. But yes, I definitely would take Rafinha. And I think he'd be better than Martinelli. I think then we could drop Martinelli. Yeah, yeah. For Rafinha. And they could battle it out, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll get on the phone to Edu and I'll say, listen, I got it all, all planned. Don't worry. I wonder what he has planned. You know what I mean? I know he's thinking about this. Uh, we had a we had a pretty good transfer window, signing Rice and Timber and Havertz. Yeah, you know. I think. Look, I know this might sound um, maybe not as what's the term as driven as maybe some other Arsenal fans would like to hear, but I, I wouldn't mind if if our focus this January was to potentially get rid of some of the fringe players that just aren't doing what they need to do. It's like getting rid of someone like Cedric Suarez, who's on, I think it's like £75,000 a week, you know, and you know, just, I guess, freeing up some wages for us to potentially go big in the summer so that we could potentially get, you know, like like I mentioned, those level-raising kind of signings that are going to ultimately take us to to winning, not just challenging, but ultimately winning trophies at the top level. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at it. I. I would feel like it would be a, a a lost opportunity, especially if we're top of the league. But the, the the sad thing is, there's still so much dross that we have at our club, based on the bygone era that we had. You know, obviously a lot of players are still on loan. Um, that we're from that bygone era, if you like. 
Um, and then you do have the likes of Cedric, like someone like Cedric Suarez is still at the club, but I can't believe that he's still there. But, you know, and Tierney on loan, all this sort of stuff. So, you know, if he, if, if someone like Edu is putting in, if he's, I guess, laying the foundations for us to go big, I, not that I'd, I wouldn't be upset at it. I wouldn't be happy with it, but I wouldn't be, you know, angry, I guess, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I'd be a bit sort of in between about it, to tell you the truth, but it, it wouldn't irk me too much. But I don't know. What, what would you guys think if we did something like that? Yeah. Um, I think Ramsdale's going to go in the summer. Maybe we can um, sell Enkedia and get Cedric off, maybe El Nenny as well. That's a lot of free bonus. Well, that's what I mean. Even El Nenny, yeah. Yeah, like he's on like yeah. 50. I mean, if, if you think about it, Cedric Suarez, El Nenny, Enkedia, that's what, 225,000, something like 220 odd thousand pounds a week in wages. Like that's yeah. insane. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's a bit harsh for Enkedia and Enkedia and yeah, true, 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 that's true. But 100 Suarez. grand a week though, 100 oh, grand a week yeah. for someone like Enkedia, it's like, ooh, that's, that's a lot, definitely. man. But that was like, definitely I, I, a bad yeah. grouping right there to put in Ketty. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, don't get me wrong. Ketty is a decent player, and Ketty has scored good goals for Arsenal. Yeah. El Nene yeah, and Suarez absolutely. don't play, and they're very expensive <laughs> players who don't play. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah. El Nene, Cedric Suarez, and I've got to be honest, even Reese Nelson, like, you know, it. clearly, clearly, Arteta doesn't want to use him. I don't know why we re signed him. Maybe, maybe we'll so we can get a transfer fee from him. I don't know. But it just doesn't seem like he really wants to keep him. So I don't understand why, like, let him go, you know? Yeah, I think he's talented. I think we should play yeah. him more often, you know, rest soccer or rest Martinelli. He can play both sides. I think it, use I, I think I think it's weird that he hasn't, how little Luis Nelson has played. Because like, he plays well. He hasn't had many bad games for Arsenal. And he scored a very good goal for his last season in very dramatic circumstances. He is a clutch player when we need him. Uh I think Reese Nelson is an interesting one. It's weird how little he's played. It'd be interesting to see if he plays in um, to the FA Cup against Liverpool, or see if he does play any <clears throat> play any more matches. Reese Nelson, because he's had very few opportunities and he's taken them quite well, and still doesn't get to play. It does seem that he might as well um, offload him if he's going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they just try. I feel like they just resigned him just so they could get a fee. That's almost what it feels like. You know, like. Like, because you could just let him go, get him off the books, but they kept him. Yeah, I don't get it. Anyway, um, look, should we quickly preview the West Ham game? Um, obviously, we're at home, we're at the Emirates. Uh, for me, we, it's it's a game that we should be winning, and I think it's a must win. I, um, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I, I think West Ham will score though because they do have a very good team. But I'm gonna say two one Arsenal uh, with Sam. What's your prediction? Uh, I think we're actually really good at home in terms of limiting chances, but we do like one a game, maybe two a game. So yeah, two one. Nelly? I'm I'm going to go with three nil. I'm feeling much more much more positive than you two. I nice. think we'll, uh, nice. <laughs> Declan Rice will be determined to you know turn up against his old club and That's true. Will personally make sure that there are no good chances for West Ham. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like maybe Paqueta might have just like one banger in him against us. You know, like just something from like thirty yards, and he just goes in. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. one of those kind of goals. Well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. It's so, like we are at home. I think we should. We should still win it for sure. Um, 
and then yeah, forty three points from nineteen games first half of the season. You know, not it's not too bad. Not too bad. Look, we just got to keep, just got to keep collecting the three points. That's all we've got to do. I mean, look, I think the next four games we've got. I think it's West Ham at home. Um, is it Fulham away? I think is next. Um, and then we've got Nottingham Forest in there. I'm not sure whether that's the next game or the game after. So I think we've got about three or four games that are, are very winnable. So if we've we got win West our next Ham, four games, Fulham. Uh, we got West Ham, Fulham, uh, Crystal Palace, and Nottingham, and then Liverpool okay. for the yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah Liverpool. So Palace of, will be Liverpool's there. on the third of February. Yeah. So Crystal Palace will be at home, and I think yeah, Nottingham Forest will be away. I'm pretty sure. So look, if we can, well, firstly, we've got to right the wrong of Nottingham Forest, by the way, because we lost away from home last season. Got to win that game. Like that is, mm-hmm. you know, that's a no-no. <laughs> we should, that should not. That shouldn't have happened. But anyway, um, yeah, if we can get if we can get twelve points from twelve going into that. Liverpool game, I think, yeah, we're not not looking too bad. It's not looking too bad. Um, yeah. I've got some, something to note as well about that Liverpool game. Arsenal, Liverpool, 3rd of February at the Emirates. Oh, is, yes, yep. As mentioned before with the African Cup of Nations, if Egypt qualify from the group stages, Mo Salah will not be available for that game. Yeah, but don't forget though, we will we'll be without Elneny, so it's. Quite oh bad. no! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered that. Yeah, oh, so it's kind of like you know six and one half a dozen the other, really, if you think about it. Well, <laughs> I'll I will never have wanted Elneny to play as well consistently as I will in the group stages for, for Egypt, of the African yeah, Cup, the African <laughs> Cup of Nations, so that Egypt yeah. qualify. One of his and, thirty-yard bangers from out, out the box, man. That's all <laughs> to get them through. We need. Yeah. And because if Salah hadn't been playing at Anfield, we'd have won that game. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. at the Emirates, if they yeah. don't have Salah, we we can beat him. Yeah, we definitely can. We definitely can. Yeah. Yep. No. I, yeah. I think you. It's pretty spot on. I think. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have timed better. <laughs> yep. And and to be fair, weren't they be uh, like because. Uh, Liverpool, they'll be out without Endo as well, won't they? Because Endo will probably be at the Asia Cup. Yeah, Endo will be picked by Japan, certainly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I'll be honest, I thought Endo played very well um, in the game against us. I thought he was actually really good. Yeah. So, without him, without Salah, yeah, okay. I mean, we don't want to have Tommy Asu, but that's if Tommy Asu is even fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's party, but. Uh, Liverpool will be the worst effect, obviously. Liverpool's best player yeah, uh, is the one they're going to lose, right? Yeah. Arsenal aren't going to be losing Bukayo Saka. Man City aren't going to lose Erling Haaland. No. Aston Villa aren't going to lose Ollie Watkins. Lose Son, though, won't they? So. Tottenham will lose Son. But Tottenham have been off the boil. Tottenham have fallen off. Tottenham aren't yeah. looking like title contenders at the moment. There's only three teams that realistically are going to finish the league above Arsenal. And that's being kind to Aston Villa, who I don't actually think have quite got it. Yeah. Um, they've been carried a bit by their home form and that's not going to continue. They drop points badly. They drop points to Sheffield United at home. That's the first points that poor points they've dropped at home in a long time. Yeah. Yep. Aston yeah, that was a... It's going to be, it's going to be City or Liverpool if Arsenal don't win the league. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight for, I think, Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City. But, but bring it on, man. I think, I think the tighter it is, the better. I think, um, yeah, I think, if if we it could it could work in our favor, but if if we're not winning, if we're say, um, if we're I don't know, like one or two points behind, I think 
I think that could probably bode well for us. But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. Look, uh, thanks for joining me with Simon Nelly. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll call it there. But uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah, well, I'll see you in the next one. Yeah, I'll see you in the new year. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. See you, guys. You too. All right, All right. see you guys. All right, guys. Bye.